Welcome to the Just Pause podcast with me, Claire Edwards. Today we have a lovely listener guest on to share their story. Her name is Lucy, so I'm going to get out of the way and let our chat begin. But just before we start, take a long, smooth breath in, a long breath out, and just pause. Just Pause podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. Um, yeah, um, can you, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit? So name and if you want to share age or job or anything you like, really. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Lucy Nisbeck. Um, I'm 44, soon to be 45 years old. Um, and I'm a teacher and obviously here locally in Wiltshire. So yeah, yeah, and really pleased to be here. Yeah, and what kind of crazy teacher are you? I'm, um, I'm an early years year one crazy teacher who <laughs> <laughs> <Amazing. laughs> is obsessed and very dedicated to my job, but you know, <laughs> completely <laughs> mad with it. <laughs> completely mad, but and also is a job that requires a lot of energy and enthusiasm. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And patience. <laughs> patience, yes. So, yeah, all credit to you guys because I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but yeah, really welcome and it's lovely to have you. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about kind of your journey through um, perimenopause currently um, and see kind of where you're at. So if you wouldn't mind sharing where or kind of when approximately did you think you started to have symptoms, if you can even kind of work that out um, and kind of where are you roughly now? We can tackle those one at yeah. a time. <laughs> um, I think it really snuck up on me. I wasn't expecting it and I wasn't prepared for it and it wasn't until I was having a conversation with my mum about some of the symptoms that like mm. I'd wasn't sleeping as well as I used to and I was getting kind of hotter than I used to get um, and just sort of a bit of brain fog really forgetting the word names of words for things you know like I couldn't explain what a drain pipe was or <laughs> so those sort of things and kind of going oh I really just don't, want, don't know what's wrong with them I said well, I started menopause quite earlier, have you thought about that? And then I had a conversation with my cousin, who's recently just had two small children, and that it brought on uh, early menopause for her yeah. as well, by having children later in life. And so I kind of then started to put the pieces together and think, oh, do you know what? Maybe it isn't just, you know, the, a phase I'm going through. Maybe actually it is something more and mm-hmm. something else that I should probably look into, perhaps. That's bad. But something I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Which is crazy. I'm a woman and I really should. <laughs> you know, we, we, we talk about periods and all of those kind of things. But yeah. actually, later on in life, we kind of brush over the, the perimenopause. I didn't even know really what perimenopausal meant before, you know, mum actually mentioned the word menopause. So for me, I guess I was sort of about 42, 43. Okay. So... Yeah, a couple of years now. Yeah, which I think is well, it seems to be standard. I know it can be technically really anywhere from kind of thirty five up to even kind of your late forties, early fifties, depending on how everything kind of works for you. But um, yeah, so you're kind of a couple of a couple of years in, and I think sometimes the most perhaps depressing part of this is that you never really know when it's going to actually stop. end, <laughs> which is awful. If ever, if ever yeah. Um, and I think we have to put up with a lot of um, that kind of thing being women because it sometimes can be the same with periods and things. If you have a bad experience with that, you kind of just have to wait until it stops. You can do things about it. But um, yeah, what has your kind of journey been so far? It's really nice to hear that you started to 
have these kind of little hints and things that maybe came up and were just perhaps not making you feel like yourself a little bit, perhaps? Yeah, I kind of... It felt like there was... I was kind of lacking energy. Um, I think the lack of sleep, I started to... It started off sort of bit by bit, not every night not being able to sleep. And I've always slept really well. I go to bed early, get up early, but always sleep through the night. And once I stopped doing that... That kind of had a knock-on effect on my day-to-day life then because obviously it makes you a bit grumpy if you haven't had enough <laughs> sleep. And so I think that for me was the, the hardest part and the fact that actually um, accepting that perhaps each night you're not going to get that sleep and the acceptance of that and then trying to work through what you're going to do to make it better to be able to survive the day because I've got a busy day ahead of me every single day. Um, teachers don't work nine till three. <laughs> I'm at work usually, you know, by half past seven and I'm there some nights till half past five. So it's a long day and you need that energy to keep sustain that momentum, especially when you're in early years. So I think for me, that sleep deprivation was the worst part. And I will say a few years on, done lots of work with you and your menopause workshops at Just Breathe Yoga. Amazing, they've helped. Um, the yoga helps immensely and then on top of that the meditation and the breathing exercises as well um, along with the essential oils because I use those at work <laughs> peppermint fix in the roof of my mouth that you <laughs> clever tip yeah. you taught me um, all of those sorts of things have helped me to kind of survive it and almost come through the other side and go okay accept it because that's that's how it is so sleep now isn't as much of a straddle, don't worry about it. Yeah. So if I wake up in the night, I will get up. I'll probably go downstairs. I might have um, a sleepy herbal tea. I've put a bit more of my um, rollable nighttime blend on yeah. some on the soles of my feet and then go back and try and go back to sleep and not worry about if I haven't had the sleep because I'll just go to bed earlier the next night or I'll yeah. try and fix try and it and that make way. it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's just amazing. You seem to be really trying to reduce your stress load. Yes. Because obviously that's, as we know, super important to trying to reduce as many symptoms as possible if you can reduce your stress level. But you've, I think, said perhaps what people might not have even thought about is like, right, I've got this issue. And instead of fighting it, let's try and roll with it and then see how I can work with it in order to not get stressed about it um, because obviously yeah. then stress in itself might stop you sleeping exactly <laughs> and the worry the worry about not sleeping <laughs> yeah has a knock-on effect yeah so worry about sleeping so you don't sleep <laughs> just incredible so well done you for kind of going and finding the answers yeah. as well and there are nights tools. where i can't sleep and the next day i know i'm going to struggle through the day but i know the next night i'll get back into the routine <laughs> a, a bedtime routine because i've been to one of your sleep workshops as well <laughs> is uh has massively massively helped i did that a few weeks ago and so no screens before about an hour before bed okay. a nice warm herbal cup of tea in bed with a book and then i always listen to a sleep meditation to fall asleep to and and those sleep mm-hmm. stories help as well in the middle of the night if if i can't get back to sleep i'll listen to one of those because it kind of stops you thinking about all the other things you want to fix with your life and you can't uh, 2am <laughs> and also then it kind of turns it into maybe a bit more of some special you time and a bit of a treat rather than it being you lying awake again you yeah. say with thoughts buzzing around your head and you're just perhaps getting a bit more stressed and then of course Absolutely, you're not going to sleep yeah. anyway so that's 
so so good yeah. <laughs> i'm so impressed lucy it's just incredible <laughs> uh which is brilliant um but yeah so it sounds like sleep is perhaps one of your biggest and that was the biggest trigger for me yeah but i've noticed other things now as well so my hair started to thin i've had i've always had thin hair um, but I've noticed that there are patches that are becoming much thinner and when I shower, lots more come out okay. comes out in my hand, that sort of thing. That's my hair's kind of like me. Yeah. And I always like it quite perfect. Um <laughs> Lucy has beautiful hair, by the way. I'm, I'm sure at some stage I'll have to put a picture of her up on uh, so I think for me that was a bit like oh devastating and then um, I think in one of your work, menopause workshops, it was you gave us some little cards, and it was kind of just a, one of them was about I'm unapologetically me, and and actually it doesn't matter what my hair looks like, it doesn't matter you know what I'm wearing or what I'm doing. Actually, it's all about just me and just accepting yeah. acceptance is the key I think to perimenopausal because you're you're just going to accept it and roll with it you can fight it which is what I've tried to do for the last two years (laughs) or kind of embrace it and go do you know what okay there are some negatives because it it does make you feel different but there is also some positives because you can make positive changes in your life and the things I've changed um I've changed for the better actually and, and they make me feel good about myself and the things that I'm actually finding that I do really enjoy so it's not like a hardship to have to do yoga or or I really should go and do a quick bit of meditation it's something that I now you know I'll get up in the morning and do two minute meditation it takes two minutes while you're sat (laughs) there your cup of tea is cooling down you can just sit there and zone out and do two minute meditation you can do it and you can do it anywhere as well at your desk in the afternoon such an inspiration (laughs) just for like one minute I incorporate it into the class as well so that's good (laughs) I get it in after lunchtime with a whole class activity so I get to do it at the same time so you know it's possible but it's about finding those alternatives and finding what's right for you because yeah. you know the things that I've mentioned might not be right for other people no, so it's lovely for you to have shared them though because it might be things that people haven't necessarily thought about or they're still quite rightly in a slightly more fighting it phase because I think yeah. that's naturally what you do when you're not quite sure what's happening of course you're going to think well hang on everything was normal a minute ago and now I feel a bit weird and not sure what's going on so I'm just going to try and yeah. keep going as I was well, doing it was and, and it was you, you keep fighting things and then you kind of overcompensate so you think oh well I'm fed up so I'll just have a glass of wine oh well, well I'll, <laughs> I'll eat that bar of chocolate you know because you want to do something to physically make your body and yourself feel better yeah. and they're the things you kind of reach for mm-hmm. to kind of well I do anyway personally to yeah. kind of make myself feel better but actually there are alternatives out there yeah. Be- that are better for you and <laughs> make you feel better because um, I think alcohol was one of my biggest things that I've cut down hugely mm-hmm. I mean I'm not a massive drinker but did like a drink at the weekends yeah. and that sort of thing which is fine and I still do it now but I've cut it down so much more and I found that if I have a drink my sleep is much worse mm-hmm. so kind of finding out the triggers as well that yeah trigger things off to make me not feel quite who I am so yeah that's so good again you you're kind of being your own um little kind of scientist Lucy analyzing everything yeah Yeah. working it all out because the things I did before I can't do now so I need to work out what I can do and what I can't do so it's still a journey I've got such a long way to go but I think 
doing it early and doing it now that when actual menopause does hit, I'm going to be forearmed, forearmed is forewarned, and I'm going to be ready. So yeah. I, I'm hoping that it won't be quite as bad. Yeah, and I think <laughs> your sense of the, you know that you've done amazingly well to kind of build up of kind of bringing out the positives as best you can. And I know for some people that might not be their kind of way of thinking, but if you can perhaps try and turn things around a little bit, I mean, I know that perhaps we're both quite positive pollies <laughs> in this world. Um, always. Not always, but most of the be, time. Yeah. Um, but you have just done so incredibly well to come across these perhaps slightly negative things and try and turn them around and actually you found that the outcome has made perhaps your quality of life better and actually they're also really quite enjoyable things to even give people that little kind of tidbit of knowledge that you know change doesn't always have to be for the worse and it can actually work out that it can be much better and you'll have a better quality of life because perhaps the symptoms aren't so bad but also you might end up quite enjoying the things that you've yeah, put into exactly. kind of yeah, cope, and sort of coping mechanisms, which is just incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's, is there anything that you've kind of come across that's happened symptom-wise, maybe, that you kind of would want more help with? Or, I mean, it sounds like you've just done an incredible job of just going out and finding things to put in your toolkit, which is brilliant. But Yeah, um... um I think I would like to have known more about um, the perimenopausal, being perimenopausal and the menopause before I turned 40. And I think, um, especially talking to my mum about it, back when my mum went through it, I mean, I was probably in my 20s. and I, I felt like I didn't give her the support that actually, as a woman, I probably should have done. And I want my daughter to actually now have a better understanding of it as well. So that actually when you get to it or when, you know, the symptoms start to happen, whether it be earlier in life or later in life, you've actually got more of a knowledge about it and an understanding. Because I think I wouldn't have felt so alienated in my own body had I have had a better understanding and why didn't I why didn't I know more about it you know it's kind of shocking that in the you know the day and age that we're living in now that we're not talking about menopause Mm. well I guess it affects such a huge amount of the population (laughs) (laughs) you know talking about with my family I mean I would never have dreamt about talking about it with my partner I came to the workshops and said that's what I was doing. And then when I go home, we talk about what I discussed here and some of the other wonderful women that I met here and their experiences and kind of sharing made it feel like you're not on your own. And actually, everyone's going through it. Everybody has different experiences. No woman is going to be the same as another. But there are similarities and there are things that, you know, that you can do to help. So I think knowing more about it is definitely key. Yeah. And it's okay, you know, there are quite, I know Davina calls out there and she's trying to, she's kind of championing yeah. it, which is great, but she's a celebrity. We need more real women <laughs> talking about real life, you know, and, and, yeah. and how to deal with it. And Well, as you say, and I think, you know, people like Davina and there have been lots of others as well, are kind of celebrities, but that's, they're using their platform for that, which is amazing. But they're kind of talking about it, I suppose I know I'm chatting to you currently and you're starting your kind of perimenopausal journey, 
but there's still nobody kind of talking about it as you say maybe in your kind of early 30s to say look guys yeah you know this is what happens and keep an eye out for symptoms and really take care of yourself and try and maybe put in some self-care practices or I don't know start to kind of just ease into even if it's a bit of a gratitude practice so you get maybe a little bit used to perhaps thinking about life and situations in a slightly mm. more positive way rather than rather than perhaps not having the awareness I think it's sometimes more about having the awareness that if you're in a situation and you're feeling it's negative it doesn't necessarily have to stay negative forever um, you, you've yeah, got the absolutely. kind of power to change, change that yeah which is which is cool um but yeah I think a lot at the moment is being talked about about when you're in the thick of it and you've got all these symptoms and isn't it horrendous and um yeah which yeah. I, I kind of again have a slight <laughs> issue with I mean I, I know that there are lots of things going on and it's not a nice journey but personally I still think that that is far too much of a negative vibe, vibe for me yeah. <laughs> like, I, and that's, I agree <laughs> and I think it can be a positive experience it can yeah. it can I'm not saying I don't have dark days because I definitely <laughs> do I have days definitely or weeks sometimes but I think there's always the light at the end of the tunnel and that you can mm. always sort of find your way through by using yeah. the, you know, the tools and techniques that I've kind of picked up along the way. And, and like I said, it's, it's ever-changing as my body's ever-changing and yeah. the way I think is ever-changing. So, you know, it's going yeah. along with those things. And I guess it's interesting talking to you almost as a teacher as well because obviously you're in the kind of educational field where obviously you're teaching tiny tots things and obviously we kind of go through secondary school as well then maybe being taught a little bit about what's happening with your body and you know all the boys sit at the back and like yeah. oh I'm not listening <laughs> this is all gross and whatever yeah. but um as you say it's maybe even thinking about right is that are there things that could be put in place for I don't know when you hit 30 or early 30s even 35 or something where you can go and just kind of be educated a bit I know yeah. there are lots of things that are around that you yourself can go and find and there'll be all the information like type it into google you'll find out everything but i hadn't even entered my head yeah in the 30s. exactly i didn't even yeah. think about it do you know what i yeah. mean but it is you you it starts you should know about it so much younger. Yeah. yeah and my poor daughter's living through it with me now yeah but i think <laughs> in her so 20s lovely though you know. that she won't be afraid to talk about things even if it's just to you or, yeah. or whoever or perhaps it's lovely that she sees you and your partner kind of talking about things so perhaps if she's in this position it's not a taboo subject and to, to she can share yeah and, that's right because well you know as we all know problem shared it's problem half because suddenly you can talk <laughs> about it and you can not necessarily vent but you can get stuff out of your head yeah because I can imagine sometimes when these little things start cropping up and you're not sure why it can maybe make you feel like you're going a bit nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, somebody it does. just tell me that I'm not going nuts, <laughs> so, um, which is great. Which um, is what my mum did. We go, we do, we yeah. walk endlessly, mum and I, and, and we try and get up and Salisbury Play whenever we can. And so that's where we go to kind of talk. And you know, just by talking to her and saying, "Well, look, this has happened and this has happened," and I go, "You ever thought about? You know, it might be perimenopausal or perimenopause yeah. beginning. You know, the onset of it." And it wasn't until she kind of talking to her about it that you kind of it you think about it then, yeah. and it shouldn't be that you have to <laughs> find out. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really lovely that you that. and your mum have such a just an amazing relationship. Isn't it? That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But I know that 
perhaps other people aren't fortunate to have or perhaps their mum's not around anymore or or whatever so they don't have that kind of little golden mm. opportunity because I know I remember you saying this was during one of the kind of workshops that you know your mum had had a pretty rough time yeah, and of course time. you weren't really aware of actually what was going on because bless her she didn't talk she about it she didn't talk about it no so, and it wasn't talked about enough. And so yeah. you couldn't... I, you know, I feel quite bad because now I've started to go through it myself. I would like to have been there more for her and given her a bit more support yeah. and a bit more understanding. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that people... If people are aware of it more, mm-hmm. then you can support people better. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think that helps massively. My colleagues at work... So <laughs> we talk about it quite a lot at work. We're quite open about yeah, it at school, yeah. which is really good. And so we're kind of supportive of each other and even the kind of male teachers there as well. They're supportive of the, you know, the female teachers, which is in TAs and things. So it's good because it's a supportive work environment where it's okay to actually have a bit of a brain fog or actually, you know, to not be able to find your words sometimes. That can be quite embarrassing when you're doing a class worship, a whole school worship. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think that's the key is the more we talk, the more normalised it will become. Absolutely. And I think no matter how bad your symptoms get, if you can talk to somebody about it and openly explain what's happening to you, um, I think it will make it easier. Yes. All round. Yeah, agreed. And hopefully the kind of taboo-ness of it all will start to kind of fade away a little bit. And um, I know that lots of workplaces have got things in place now which is just amazing, but there is still that slight fear factor in some workplaces that, oh, if I talk about it, I might get fired or I might lose my job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is, I mean, which nobody should awful. be in no, that position. Absolutely. So, yeah. But it's really lovely to hear that you are not in that position and actually it's just talked mm. about. and Because it's just a human thing. It's just your hormones <coughs> and that's yeah, what happens absolutely. and there's not really much you can do about it. And obviously we're kind of doing, hopefully, this podcast to maybe find out different ways to help your hormones Mm. kind of ride the wave as it were but I mean that's what's happening to everyone and everyone's going to react in a different way yeah Um, it's just been amazing to hear your story so thank you so much for kind of sharing bits I've got um a little bit um a couple of questions that I'm going to try and ask my guests at the end first of all if you've got any if you've got maybe one tip that you would like to say this is what I would recommend for everyone to do if you have one don't worry if you (laughs) there are many or I don't want to say anything at all (laughs) um don't panic (laughs) my top tip top tip don't panic um because I think it is really easy to just think you're going absolutely crazy and your life will never be the same again and everything is over and and this is the end when actually it's the beginning it's the beginning of freedom it's the beginning <laughs> of a new adventure and i think embrace it amazing so yeah don't panic and embrace, embrace it. it yeah oh, what a superstar <laughs> last little question which will hopefully be a nice one which is do you have a kind of most embarrassing or funny or even tragic kind of memory or something that's happened so far that you've thought oh my goodness what has just happened <laughs> don't know there might not be one yet um there's been many in the staff room at work <laughs> it took me about 20 minutes to actually explain as i mentioned earlier what um a drain pipe and guttering was so i was there kind of doing like charades to try and say you know the thing that goes along the house and it's got the bit that comes down the side and everyone's looking at me as if to say 
what are you on about? And I'm like, and then someone said, you mean the guttering in the drain pipe? And I'm like, that's the one, yes. <laughs> and you know, okay. I was just trying to find those, it was like brain fog, I couldn't, I couldn't think about it. And the more I was trying to think, the worse it was getting, and you just think, oh, just be quiet, we used to give up. <laughs> you, do, you just think, I may as well just give up, because no one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and actually, is this relevant to the story anymore? Yeah, <laughs> completely, because by the time they got the drain pipe and the... Uh, <laughs> Guttering, they no, had no idea what I was on about anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, thank you again so much um, You're for sharing because it's just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having <laughs> me. You're a rock star. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. <That's> amazing. <laughs> so much for listening to this episode of the just pause podcast if you would like to share your story and come on to the podcast and chat with me then please be in touch because it would be lovely to hear from you before we leave just remember to take a smooth breath in a long breath out and just pause